Mark Strucheski is known as Mr. Productivity, and he is obsessed with helping 100 million solopreneurs bust through overwhelm. I am so excited to have Mark on the show. We're going to have a great conversation, and you are going to be set up for success, so you want to stick around to hear this. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am thrilled to have Mark join us for today's episode because we're all about, you know, getting out of the rat race, doing things a smarter way, not harder. And that's what Mark is all about. He's known as Mr. Productivity. So Mark, welcome to the show. Laura, it's great to see and talk to you again. You graciously came on my show back in May of 2021. The topic of that show was getting to the root cause of results. I want to thank you for sharing your insights with my audience, and I'm glad to return the favor here. Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled. I love the work that you're doing. And I, you know, so many people talk about productivity, or I've got to get a handle on my schedule, or I'm, I'm, my life is feeling out of balance, and I'm overwhelmed that it's, you know, you hear about people and the toll that the overwhelm is taking on their health and their livelihood and their relationships. I'm curious, I'd love to hear your story of how you got into the business of being Mr. Productivity, what you, led you down this path. It started with the words, you're fired. So I was an inventory control coordinator for a local company back in 2005, and they fired me. And after I got over the anger, and I was surprising how well my wife took it. She says, okay, let's go on to the next part of our lives. I decided I wanted to become an entrepreneur, and I couldn't spell the word. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to be one because I kept hearing about it everywhere in, in the world. And my first endeavor was to be a portrait photographer, a wedding photographer. That failed. But the one thing that came out of that was, now remember, we're talking 2005. Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter were brand new. People were doing direct marketing or email marketing. There wasn't all the social media apps we have now. And I remember thinking, you know what, what if I went to women's groups and taught them how to take better photographs of their kids? So I reached out to someone in my Bible study class and they guided me how to become a speaker. And that kind of took a life on its own. So I decided I didn't want to speak on photography, but I was looking for a topic. And Laura, I'm ashamed to admit to you, there's two topics that I came up with that thankfully didn't go anywhere. One was how to go from hopeless to hopeful. I don't know what I was thinking then. That went nowhere. And then I came up with a topic called how to overcome roadblocks on your path to success. Note to self, if you're not successful, don't try to tell people how to become successful. So one day I'm sitting on a phone call with one of my coaches and I'm, you know, normally, as you know, I'm very, very Tigger-like from Winnie the Pooh. I'm very <laughs> optimistically happy. Yeah. And he goes, you're not your usual self. What's going on? I said, you know, I really love helping people, but I don't know what I should talk about. And he says, well, why don't you talk about productivity? And I remember saying to him, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? He goes, 
I know a lot of people. I coach a lot of people. You are naturally gifted to being productive. You should share that gift with the world. And the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. You know, you know what I love about that is in my line of work, I'm helping people align with their purpose and, and find joy in aligning with that and standing in it and also listening to their intuition and their intern intuitive guidance guide them toward different directions in their life and being open to receive the messages. And that's what I'm hearing happened for you. Your journey unfolded for you, but you followed your curiosity and you ask questions and you were coachable and you, you know, you landed on that purpose and look where you are now. That's incredible. Yeah, I am definitely an action taker. I remember shortly after I got married, my wife and I were sitting on the couch watching a TV program and she said something I would like to do thus and such. And so I paused the TV and got up and started doing it. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, well, you said you wanted to do thus and such. She goes, no, not now. So she learned <laughs> She's got to say, maybe this weekend or maybe next month we could do this because I'm an action taker. Someone recommends a book. I get on my Amazon app. I order the book. If someone says, hey, you should start doing this exercise or eat this food. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. I don't dwell. I do what Gary Vaynerchuk says. I spend less time dwelling and more time doing because if you look at all the successful people in our world, they're doers. They're not dwellers. Mm, yeah, you know that I one time I remember this vividly. I was watching TV when I I live in New Hampshire now. There was like a pause when we lived in Hawaii for a number of years, but the last time I lived in New Hampshire, I just had this thought, I want to ride a bike. I didn't have a bike and I just got up from my my potato eat, chip eaten <laughs> episode on the couch <laughs> and I went to the bike store and I I bought a bike right then and there. Wow. They taught me how to do the clip in pedals, took me around the parking lot. And before I knew it, I was hiring a coach to do triathlons. It was like an immediate thing. Boom, I want to ride a bike out the door. Where are you going? Uh, <laughs> then I come back with this shiny red bike. Um, but it was, it was so, it was such a beautiful, you know, beautiful experience. And I didn't know how it was going to unfold. I didn't really know how to ride a bike. I didn't know how to use the clip in pedals, but I just figured it out. And that's the beauty in this is we don't have to know exactly how we're going to get from point A to point B. Once we have that deep desire and that inclination to do something and we have that intuitive tug to do it, just take one step and the rest of it will unfold for you. I love that. Yeah. You mentioned my big, hairy, audacious goal at the beginning of the program. I want to help 100 million solopreneurs bust through overwhelm by 2032. How am I going to do that? I don't know. Being on shows like yours, being on my podcast, social media, coaching, I will never know if I achieve that goal. But I think everyone needs to have a really big goal, a goal that is bigger than their life, because that's what gets me up seven days a week excited. But I don't have to know the how. I need to have the goal and I'll figure out the how as I go along. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. So many people are stuck and that's where they lose productivity because they're stuck in analysis paralysis yep. and they're just, they're waiting for the perfect time or the perfect opportunity, but the time is the perfect time is now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the stars aren't going to align in every way, you know, perfectly. You just have to get moving. 
and then figure it out along the way. Otherwise, you know, your most precious resource is your time, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't want to spend it wasting thinking I could have, should have, would have. Yeah. So when you're working with people, you know, on their productivity, what are some of the common roadblocks that keep people from being productive that you've encountered in your work? Themselves. People are their biggest barrier to being more successful, more productive, less overwhelmed. Because when they come to me, they start listing all these things. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, who is the root of all these problems? And first they like to say, oh, it's my boss. It's my company. It's my spouse. It's my kids. I'm like, okay, let's, let's revisit the question again. Who is responsible? And they eventually get back to the part, oh, it's me. Yeah, it's your responsibility. If you have a billion things on your to-do list, well, who put them there? Did you not practice the art of saying no? And so what happens is I I have this concept called the Dead Sea to-do list. Now, the Dead Sea is in Israel. Water flows in, but it never flows out, and everything in there dies. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea. A lot of people's to-do lists are like a Dead Sea. They just add and add and add. And then they come to me and they're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, well, yeah, I would be overwhelmed. Look at your to-do list as well. So the number one thing that people struggle with is they got to realize that they are their biggest obstacle. And people don't like to hear that. Mm, That, you know, that is so true. I recently was coaching a group of people at an organization and it was on, it was a workshop and it was called time management And I just, I didn't, I renamed it. It was like, kind of like your freedom management or I made a little guide, but most of the class, the two hours was spent on what's your relationship with time and what's the image that you want? How do you want to regard time? How do you want to experience it? And then we got into a couple tools because people, you're right, the, the work is in shifting your, your relationship with time and your to-do list and all of those things. Um, so how do, you know, so they overcome themselves. And do you find that when people come to you, they're saying, I want to be more productive. I want to accomplish all these things. But then when they do the work with you, what they find is so, something so much greater. No one has ever come to me. Not a single person has ever come to me and says, Mark, I want to be more productive. They come to me and they're like, oh my goodness, I am so overwhelmed. There's so many things on my to-do list. I've overcommitted to projects and committees. And so they come to me and the best way I can explain this is remember the old Apple Air um, earpods, what I'm using right now, Mm -hmm. they get tangled really quickly. It's like a conspiracy by Apple. No matter how careful (laughs) you are, they always get tangled. Well, that's what I have to do with people's to-do lists and their calendars and all this stuff because they come to me and they're like, here, how do I fix this? I'm like, okay, let's let's take a step back. Let's figure out, first of all, where do you want to go? See, I'm a big fan of reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. So I know that you don't want to be in the state you are right now because otherwise you wouldn't have come to me. So where do you want to wind up? And they're like, well, I'd like to have this, this, and this. Okay, great. So let's work backwards to get to where you can start making small changes. See, everyone's a big fan of big changes. And you know this as well as anyone, Laura. You got to make small changes. Small changes stick because you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Like I have an organic smoothie every morning and I started adding my dreaded broccoli and cauliflower (laughs) in there. 
But you know what? I added a little bit. And when you add, you know, the cherries and the bananas, it takes away the taste of the cauliflower. But now I'm addicted to these organic smoothies in the morning for my health. But it's small changes. Okay. I didn't throw all the junk food out of my house. I'm just not replacing it. So I encourage people to do small changes. They're going to stick. Go get Atomic Habits by James Clear. He talks about small habits. Don't try to change the world in a day because none of those habits are going to stick. That's so true. It's, you know, because then that becomes a to-do list, you know, (laughs) you know, and I found even with the coaching that I do, when people have a circumstance that they, they're not getting the results they want, and I have them kind of write it out and then write down some of the non-productive habits or thought patterns that they're having. I mean, they could have a list in that one scenario of like 10 things. And I always say, don't attack all 10 of them. Start with one thing at a time until it becomes a habit. And you know know that the habit has stuck when you look back and you say, oh, I haven't even had to think about this. So it could be 21 days. It could be 67 days. It could be two. It it takes as long as it takes. But in order for it to stick, You've got to do those small, small bite-sized steps. I love that. Um, So I was thinking, when people are kind of making those small incremental changes, what have you seen in their experience from before and after? They get a sense, well, they go from feeling overwhelmed, stressed, and fatigued to feeling peace and joy and having freedom in their lives. Yeah. And I, I, I tell them what you got to do is you got to celebrate that because if you just keep it inside, then you're not going to experience the full breadth of the new you. So I say, share it with your friends, share it on social media, create a video for social media, write a blog post, tell the world, Hey, you know, I used to be overwhelmed and stressed. Now I'm enjoying my life because that's going to do two things. One it's going to get you real excited. Number two, it's going to get you to inspire someone else. What if you know someone else in your office or in your neighborhood who was where you were? And they're like, wow, Laura, you look different. You sound different. You just have this different vibe. And you're like, well, yeah, this is what I did. I did these small changes. Like, wow, can you tell me more? Now, you, what you have, the habit you now have is going to be reaffirmed because now you're teaching this other person. So it's going to be a win win. And I tell people, don't just say, okay, I, I should be better. No, focus on your wins today. See, the problem I see a lot of people, they focus on the big ones, the big clients, the big advertiser. But if you did something well today, let's say, you went for a walk and you haven't walked in six days. Celebrate that. I think you should celebrate the small wins as well as the big wins. Uh, I 100% agree. And what I'm hearing from you and the experiences that you have with clients and when you're talking with people, and you did say this, that they're not saying, I want to be more productive and do more things. I just want to get out from under this giant to-do list in the Dead Sea and have peace and enjoy my life. It's not about the things, it's about the deeper level needs of, of joy, of fulfillment, of connection. And I think about, you know, when people are nearing the end of their days, never have I ever heard anybody, you know, say or heard of a person say, gosh, I wish I worked harder. 
it's usually, I wish I'd nurtured those relationships. I wish I had taken the time to say, I love you. I wish I had gone on that trip and experienced the richness of life. I wish I wouldn't have made a big deal out of X, Y, and Z. So it's really about, you know, you're helping people get to the essence of who they are and embrace their joy and, and really capitalize on the richness of life. The truth is we only get one life. This is it. Okay. You don't get another shot at this. And so I say, why not do what you love to do? When I tell people I wake up every morning, like I was a little boy at Christmas time, wanting to see what Santa Claus brought me. I am dead serious. I love life that much. I wake up, I woke up this morning. I get to be on Laura's podcast today. I, I, I really want this for everybody. I want people to wake up and excited for the day. I don't care if it's raining outside. I don't care if it's a snowstorm outside. I don't care what the inflation is doing. I don't care. I just want you to be happy. And happiness starts from inside. Don't let other people dictate your emotions. If you choose to be happy, and I always, I love using the analogy of Winnie the Pooh. You don't have to be a tigger like me. Maybe you're a Christopher Robin or a piglet. Now, piglet's not a, a fat guy. He's, if you don't know Winnie the Pooh, he's a small piglet. He's a piglet, okay? Or maybe Winnie the Pooh, which wouldn't happen today. You know, bear wearing no pants, but that's another <laughs> that's podcast. That's another thing, yeah. But don't be Eeyore, okay? Don't be Eeyore who says nothing's going to work out. <laughs> What's the point? So choose one of those other characters get that identity and live that life. And then when you do, people are going to be able to hear it in your voice, see it in your eyes, see it in your face. And then you're going to be able to spread that throughout the world. Yes. And you know, what? the side effect of that, you know, reclaiming your life, setting boundaries, you know, you are going to be more effective in the things that you're doing and the goals that you're trying to advance anyway, by one, creating that space so you can think, and two, so you're creating that space so you can tap into that creativity, and when you're being joyful, when you're living the life now or living your goal, not as, a, as you're going toward a destination, but you're living from the goal in that joy. How would I feel as a person who has that goal, who's achieved it now, when you're living from that space, you actually attract the ideas and the insights and the circumstances that get you there faster, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And I'm a big fan of shortcuts. So <laughs> when people ask me, you know, why do you read so much? I, I read at least 30 to 60 minutes every day. And I'm like, why do you do that? Because I found successful people, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Grant Cardone, they read every day. I'm like, huh, they make a lot of money and they make reading a priority. And so I do that. I'm constantly reading books because my goal is to be better today than it was yesterday. And based on what I learned today, I'll be better tomorrow. You got to have that attitude of always getting better. You can't skate through life. If you skate through life, people are going to fly past you. So continually make it a priority to learn, to expose yourself to new things. If someone says, well, I believe this. Well, instead of going, I don't believe that. Well, why don't you go talk to them or read a book or do some research? Maybe part of what they're saying is true. So we have to, again, get out of our own way and go, hey, maybe 
just maybe I don't have all the answers. Maybe someone else has the answers and, and expose yourself. But a lot of people who are not successful, they don't spend time reading. They binge watch endless shows on Netflix or some other streaming service. And they wonder why they're stuck in a rut. I'm like, because you're not doing anything. Nobody's going to come to your door and say, hey, here's success. Hey, here's a billion dollars. You have to go work for it. And and there's a there's a big chasm between the people who have a lot of money and a lot of success and those who don't. And it's because it's it's self-responsibility. You mm-hmm. can't rely on other people to make you more productive, to make you more successful, to make you, you know, more healthy. That's your responsibility. Uh, I, you know, I did a podcast recently on taking extreme responsibility for your results and how you show up in any given situation and the outcomes of those situations, even if it might feel like you don't have control over it, you actually do. You have control over how you show up and um, what you kind of gain from that interaction and that experience. And you touched on, you know, you got to work for it. But I want to make the distinction, the work is in your mindset and in how you're thinking about the work, not in the making 10 million things, putting 10 million things on your to-do list. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of the old version that we've been taught, that old, you know, bag of goods. It's just crappy. You know, you got to work hard. You got to be in the grind. But the work is actually in our thinking. And so that you know, expansive kind of learning and that growth and reading and then doing something with that knowledge, you know, whether it's sharing it with somebody else you mentioned earlier or having a conversation with somebody who has a different point of view from you and learning from them and doing a little bit of research. Um, We as individuals will only take us as far as our own level of awareness will take us. So expanding your awareness through you know, seeking guidance from a coach, having conversations with people who have, you know, different ideas than your own, reading books. Uh, that's where the work is. That's where the gold is. It's inside of you. Mm-hmm. I say that if you go out and buy a book and you read the book and you don't implement, you've wasted not only your money, but your time. If you go to a conference and you learn a bunch of things, and you meet a bunch of people and you don't follow up, you wasted your money and your time. So the magic is not just reading the book. It's the implementation. It's real easy to go to Amazon and buy a book. <laughs> a little more difficult to read the book, but the magic comes in implementation. I'm, I'm re-listening to Atomic Habits now. And as I was thinking, I said, you know, James Clear has one book. It is so powerful. It is still at the top of the best-selling list. He doesn't have 17 other books. He has one product, but it is so powerful. It's not the quantity. It's the quality. So many people are like, they're coming up with all these courses and memberships and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, how about doing one thing really well? Yeah. Start there because you look at a lot of authors, they have one book or maybe two books. They don't have a plethora of products because instead of, we're focusing on the quantity, they're focusing on the quality. Oh, yeah. I mean, those things, they can be distractions. I mean, I am a type A person and I love all of the courses and learning all the new things. And I'm like, ooh, shiny penny squirrel. (laughs) And I I have, I know that about myself. And so 
Somebody taught me this a long time ago is to have a, a folder on my desktop or in my email and call it bucket list so that when these opportunities come, I'm, I'm acknowledging them. I'm putting them in the bucket list so they don't, I don't have FOMO. They're not going anywhere, but I, um, I'm not tempted to fall into, you know, distraction. I'm focused. I have the goals and the vision for where I want to go. And I'm focused on doing the activities that align with that. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we get pulled and doing, oh, this person's doing this kind of course, or I need a membership and I need this over here. And maybe I should create this over here. They're distractions and it's keeping you from, you know, focusing on the main thing. Instead of making the main thing the main thing, we're making all of the things the main thing. And my cure to that is what I've been saying for years, tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. So <sighs> sit down, yeah. preferably the night before and go, okay, what are the, here's a key phrase I learned from Brendan Burchard. What are the needle moving activities I need to do tomorrow? And I don't want you to think about them. And this is why I'm a big fan of a paper planner. It could be a, a, a legal pad. I don't care. Write out. This is what I'm going to do tomorrow. There's science behind this. When you write out, I'm going to do A, I'm going to do B, I'm going to do C. Now you're not thinking about it. Now because you wrote it in your own handwriting and you can see it, people that do that are far more likely to do those things than people go, well, I'd like to write some in my book and I'd like to work on my course. That's not going to happen because there's no commitment. But when you write it down, I write my goals down twice a day. I write my targets down every day. I write my successes every day. Why? Because I am moving forward. But a lot of people, if you ask them, are you moving forward? They're like, uh, I don't know, because they don't write them down. Right. They don't track them. And so I would tell people, gift yourself five, 10, 15 minutes tops and just write out what are you going to do tomorrow? Don't worry about 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Just write down what are three things, up to three things I want to do tomorrow. If you would do this simple exercise and don't procrastinate and look for the perfect planner, just use a, a legal pad you have at home. It'll fundamentally change your life because now you're going to be focused on these one, two, or three things. Now you're still going to do some things that are not needle moving. Everything you do is not going to be needle moving. That's impossible. Nobody can do that. But if you do these three things, I promise you, you'll be way more productive in a very short order. That is beautiful advice because it keeps you focused, keeps you from overwhelm, and you're focusing on the right things mm -hmm. and not all of the things. That is wonderful advice. So how do you start working with a person? What is kind of the process that you take people through? And um, what does that look like? Well, when the first person, not the first person, when they first go to my website, I do a what's known as a discovery call because not everybody is coachable. You mentioned the word coachable earlier on the show. I want to make sure, are you going to be coachable? Are you going to do what I know works? Because I've had, when I first got into coaching, I would take everyone and people come along and they just think it was magic that they invested in the coach. Like they didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and it was a drain on my energy. Yeah. It didn't make me happy. So now they have to go through a process and I want to make sure I'm the right fit for them. They're the right fit for me. Now, when we get into coaching, I have a six step process called 90 days to busting overwhelm. And I walk through these very sick, very specific six steps. Okay. Now, believe it or not, the last step is planning. People go, but you're a productivity guy. There's so many things we have to take care of 
first, like the first step I talk about is clarity because I can't like when people say I want a plan and I'm like, okay, what's your goal? I'm like, what do you mean? What's my goal? How do you know what to put on your calendar if you don't know what your goal is? And so I get my clients to deal with clarity. We, what do you want? And Laura, I am so sad to report to you and your listeners that most people are not clear. They, they don't know what they want. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I find that sad. It's, it's your dream. It's your life. What do you want? Don't, don't worry about the world and your family and your coworkers. What do you want? I mean, yeah. you, here's an exercise for you. Grab a notepad, grab your planner, go someplace quiet. Don't be on your phone. Okay. And just write down, what do I want? And just brainstorm. So many people have no idea what they want. And that's why when I work with people, I have to get clarity with them. Now, some people are a little more clear than others. Some people haven't a clue. They're like, I don't know. What do, what do you think I should do? I said, I can't tell you what to do. I'm your coach. I can't <laughs> tell you what you can do, yeah. but I, everyone's got something inside them. And a coach, as you know, we don't give them the answers. We extract the answers that are already in them. So that's how I work with people. I, I don't want to work with people who don't care, who, who are just going through the motions or their boss paid for the client or for the coaching. I want people who genuinely want to become the best versions of themselves. Mm, yeah, that is key. They have to want it. Mm-hmm. And, and if, it, if the answers aren't coming from outside of them, you use the word responsibility. If the answers are coming from a coach and they're telling them what to do, here's your goal, this is what you should do, then they're not, the, the person who has the goal, the client, isn't taking responsibility and that's not empowering. So I love that you're, you know, gauging and making sure that they understand, you know, one, you have to have the desire, let's figure out a goal, what's inside of you already, and let's figure that out first. And then we can start on the rest of this journey together. Now, I will tell them if they say, I'm going to do this by our next call. I'm like, uh, that's kind of a small goal. Let's, let's up it up a little bit. So I, I yeah. will say that because my goal is I want to stretch. I want them to walk away from my coaching calls that go and I felt like I went to the gym for three hours because <laughs> I'm here to guide you to grow. I don't want you to stay the same. So I tell my clients up front, this is going to be uncomfortable. Do I have your permission to stretch you, to make you uncomfortable, to maybe cause you some pain? Because the people that say yes grow more than the people go, no, just be gentle with me. <laughs> You're not going to get out of your comfort zone. Right. My favorite quote of all is from Steve Harvey. I love this quote. He says, if you ever want to be successful, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So listen to that. If you want to be successful, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I want to ask your viewers and your listeners, how uncomfortable are you right now? Or are you like, oh, I'm kind of comfortable like the three little bears. I'm, everything's perfect. You're not growing. I promise you, yeah. you're not growing if you're comfortable. Mm, that is so true. Yep. You're moving laterally. You're not moving forward. <laughs> I love that. And I love that quote. Well, how can people get in contact with you? What's the best way for people to find you? I would like people to go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com. And a little hint, I give you more than my top five productivity tips, but it's just my gift to you. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be added to my email list, but I want to help people. It's a really small list of a little more than five productivity tips that if you take these, 
and you implement them. Remember, we talked about implementation. I don't want you just to sign up and ignore the top five productivity tips. I want you to read them and implement them. And I made it, Laura, really short. So there's not like pages and pages. It's like, here's the first tip. It's like two sentences. I wanted to make it actionable because as a fellow coach, you know, our desire is we want our clients to implement and change. And I know if I give them a hundred page paper, we've all downloaded those hundred page pages, hundred page papers, and we've never read it, but this <laughs> is designed for people to read it and implement it. So just go to top five productivity Perfect. And that uh, will be in the show notes as well. So I encourage all of you listeners out there, download it, get started, help with your productivity, your clarity, and you're going to be amazed. And I, I would love for you all to connect with Mark. He's an incredible soul. I've been following him for a year and you simply will not regret it. You'll be glad you did. Um, Mark, is there anything else that you would like to uh, leave our audience with before we close? Yes. A little bonus tip. We are overstressed. We are behind our computers and our phones all day. I want you to take what I call a micro break whenever you need to. Now, a micro break means you actually get up from wherever you're working and you, I recommend you walk outside, walk around your building. If you work from home, walk around the block. Don't be on your phone. Don't be talking to anybody. Don't even think about what you're working on or what you have to work on next. Just go for a walk. Get that blood moving breathe in some oxygen. If you have a dog at home, take the dog for a walk. This is so powerful. It'll give you a natural boost of energy for your next batch of work you have to do and take as many as you want during the day. A micro break is only five to 10 minutes. I'm telling you, this will fundamentally change your productivity. I love it. I love it. And it works. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with us and pouring into our Rat Race Reboot audience. I know that they there's so many nuggets in here and we'll have the show notes and the transcript. So I, you know, once this goes live, there's so, so many goodies there. And just thank you so much for visiting with us. Laura, thank you so much for having, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was an honor to serve both you and your audience. Oh, wonderful. Well, we're going to end today's episode the way we always do. And that's, kind of a productivity hack too. It's in taking inspired action. And so wherever you are, I just want you to get connected with your breath. So take a deep inhale through your nose and exhale. And just relaxing a little bit more, taking another deep inhale through your nose, releasing any areas of tension and exhaling it all out. Take one more deep inhale through the nose. Hold it and exhale. And I want you to bring to mind your life, the way you truly desire it, how you want to feel, your level of joy and fulfillment. And imagine you're living that way now with that ease and flow clarity and start to take that image into your mind's eye and sharpen that image a little bit 
when you're living in this ease and joy and fulfillment, who are you with? What gifts are you sharing with the world? How does it feel being you in this moment? And if you have a beautiful vision or a goal that you're moving toward, start to bring that to your mind's eye and imagine you're already there. You're living, serving, and being the person you truly desire to be. How does it feel being you in this moment? Maybe take a look down at your feet and imagine what you're wearing and take a body scan in your mind's eye, moving up your body. Maybe you're noticing your clothing, the texture of your clothing. Maybe you hold your hand out in front of you and you can see every little line and crevice in your hand. Maybe start to take in the temperature of the air around you and what that feels like on your skin. Just really taking in that moment through your five senses. This is your life. This is the life you created. And you love it. Ask yourself, what can I do today to move closer to that image? And as ideas bubble up in your mind, jot them down. This was all about taking inspired action. So whenever you are in the image of your goal or your dream fulfilled, and you're experiencing it through your five senses, when you get an idea or a flash of inspiration, take action on it immediately. This is what I call taking inspired action, and it's your path of least resistance toward your goals. I want to thank you once again for joining us on Rat Race Reboot. If you have any questions or anything you want to learn about or you want me to take a deeper dive on in terms of mindset or productivity, you know, leave us a note, leave us a review and some comments. I always read those and let's go on this journey together. Once again, thank you. And remember, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. Everything is created twice, first in your imagination and then in physical form. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.